god, I don't even have my notes out. Where yeah, shit. Fuck. It's I not, gotta stop saying fuck. It's not a good podcast. It's not a good slow roll. No, no, it's not. It's not. We're failing, and uh, that's okay. Uh, you gotta. We could just edit out everything we talked about and start with this is not a good slow roll and people would be like well what was it and it's like i'll never tell you'll never know yeah that's a secret I was, I was actually, uh, I, I, w- I wanted to ask because I've started taking athletic greens again. Hey, uh, welcome to the club. Yeah. And I was just like, what health nonsense, what millennial health nonsense are you on? Uh, you know, and I don't know if it's for health reasons. I just drink Soylent because I'm like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to like... The, the idea of like microwaving something seems like too much work. <laughs> I'd rather just like pop open a bottle and just chug some weird goop yeah. and be okay. And that's what I did. And honestly, whenever I do Soylent, I do leave because Soylent for te- contacts, I guess, is um, it's just like a... It's like a meal replacement. It's like a meal replacement. That's just like a... It tastes like batter or something. Yeah, it tastes like nothing and you just drink it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really does not... I don't... I feel like I equivalently ate like three noodles. Like it's never, it, never, <laughs> it doesn't really fill you. In fact, I, whenever I've tried to do it for dinner, every time I've done it, drinking that goopy Soylent, I uh, end up going to McDonald's at like midnight and just eating a full McDonald's meal. Yeah. I mean, cause if you get a full McDonald's meal, it's going to be like 1200 calories yeah. and Soylent is like what? 250. Yeah. I wouldn't 300. I'm glad I very much like, have that in the thing, but like, I, I feel like if I was someone who had a, bad metabolism you just gotta like starve yourself you gotta just like eat eat super smart small portions it's like i feel like the amount of portions that we're like actually supposed to be eating like i'd feel hungry all the time yeah um i don't want to do that i mean or maybe not i, I, I want to lo- i want to lose weight so like feeling hungry all the time is like a good thing for me so i'm having like i'm trying to reconcile oh, this is a terrible slow roll <laughs> uh, trying to reconcile my own like i'm hungry uh but that's good with your, I'm hungry and that's bad. Huh. Because you'd turn into a skeleton if you didn't need, you have to I'd, eat. I'd be a fun little skeleton. That'd be fun. <laughs> fun <little laughs> I'd be a fun little skeleton everyone wants to hang out with. Okay, let's jump into this. We're, we're clearly not nailing the slow roll shit today. Uh, so let's just jump in the magazine. Welcome to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast where me and Weston, we're both little writer hey. boys. Let's get into hey. it. Hey, Weston. Hey. Uh, we don't really. Hey, it's yeah, me, Weston. Both, hey, hi. Nice to meet hey, you guys. Whoa. Uh, whoa. Thanks for listening. Hey. Uh, and what we do is we read the Nintendo Power magazine. Uh, we go one volume at a time. Uh, the goat. That's yeah. the, the magazine is is the goat. It's I, the I'm not, greatest it, of all time. Is it? Probably not. It, uh, the it's iconic. It's like yeah, sure. Uh, but is it the goat? I mean, yeah. I don't even know what is like a good ma- Time magazine. <laughs> that- Reader's Digest is the goat. <laughs> popular science, pop, but not popular mechanics. Uh, yeah. What is the like? I think you have to. It's based on the audience, right? What yeah. What's the Goat Magazine? I don't know. Man. Maxim. I don't. I mean, it, sassy. I didn't really. But I also like boys' life. I'm not. 
magazines aren't really a part until this, I started doing this podcast. Magazines weren't a part of my life. Yeah. You, I, mean, you I was never that. subscribed. I was subscribed to like co- weekly comic books. Like I, you know, I had like comic books sent to me. I had Sonic the Hedgehog comic books sent to me when I was like a little kid <laughs> and they were fucking weird and horny. Uh, yeah, what is up with? <laughs> we don't need. Let's, we need to do a special episode about Sonic the Hedgehog. We should, we That's what to, we need. We need to bury that hatchet. I feel like we have talked about how those horny Sonic comics like five times at this point. We need to do a deep dive. I, I'll never get over it. Like I it just, it's it's fascinating forever. Honestly, maybe one of these podcast episodes, I'll just without announcing it bring my entire collection of Sonic the Hedgehog comic books and we can and the podcast will just be silence and then occasionally a page turn and we're like oh that's crazy <laughs> uh, that'd be good shit uh yeah so welcome welcome to the podcast uh we're doing kind of a standard episode I uh this is should, should we talk about it now yes yeah, do it now okay let's do it now uh okay. kids uh <laughs> your dads need to talk to you about something hey kids uh oh. sorry got some got some big news for you <laughs> hey we're gonna We've been, your parents have been talking and we, we love you very much. Uh, and we're going to change the, uh, we want to change the structure of the podcast. Yeah. So I mean, the short version is like, as it exists right now, uh, we're kind of at our max time limit. So we're not able to like do the kind of upgrades that we want to do, or even like keep pace with the magazine really. Cause the magazine has changed since we started. Yeah. 44 episodes ago. Oh my God. So we figured like giving us a little bit more space would give us time to polish to the degree we want to. And also like spend time kind of more strategically thinking of how to like grow it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we're going to, um, this will be the last quote unquote normal episode we've recorded for a while, but, um, so we're going to go out to get some cigarettes and we promise we'll be back. And and we're going to be in a much better mood after we smoke the cigarettes because, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the plan is we're going to start doing seasons in like these little pockets. And the idea is going to be that we do an entire year's worth of magazine in one season. Yeah. Yeah. So th- what that gives us the opportunity to do, because we're not on a time limit, there's nothing timely. Like even yeah. we record with such a buffer on the episodes that by the time you get them, you know, we'll be like, oh, yeah, this game just came out. I've been playing Elden Ring. And it's like you get it like two months later. Totally. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I, our normal buffer is like four to six weeks. But like now uh, we can come back to you and say, like, you know, we've planned out a year's worth of magazine podcasts and we have a bunch of fun ideas and it's all going to be new. And uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, totally. So it'll be like, yeah, it'll be a little more polished and specific. And like, I think we'll, be going a little bit each episode we do yeah we'll have a little bit more like we actually played the fucking games yeah. a little bit and we yeah. you know we have some like fun segments planned and stuff like that so that's that's the idea and since we're currently on may of this month we're going to do like a little micro season to kind of like test out the waters and figure out like it'll be like yeah, a little mini like seven episode thing that's just finishing off the year we're currently on yeah and we have that a little figured out but yeah. we're excited we also think we might have some some fucking fun <laughs> yeah. we, there might be like some more experimental episodes in between we we don't know we want to be also give ourselves rooms to like have a little bit more fun with the format and like not, not to say we're not having fun the podcast no, we, is very fun yeah. and i hope it's fun to listen to yeah uh otherwise like if you're here hate listening like oh my god <laughs> why would you do that yeah. listen to listen um, to a podcast you enjoy <laughs> like i do yeah so that, that's the plan 
uh, you're you're about to get your mind blown by how how it's gonna be. It's gonna by be by some top tier polished episodes. It's gonna be so fucking wild. But do we even say like what the biggest one of the biggest bonuses is is when these seasons are live, the episodes will come out weekly. Oh shit! I mean, I guess we don't know for sure that's how it's gonna work. I mean, that yeah, it probably will work that way. Yeah, we should leave this in and have it be like <laughs> contradictory and vague. We we think it's going to be weekly releases. This is absolutely the last episode of the podcast. Yeah, we're never. Gonna, <laughs> your, your dads are definitely going out okay, for cigarettes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, They're no, probably is, coming back. Uh, that, yeah, the idea is gonna, you're going to get these seasons, and it'll be weekly, and it'll be uh, good fucking episodes across the board. It's going to be a great listen. It's going to be a blast. You're going to be having so much fun. Yeah. So and like ideally, there's a structure too. So like, you'll know on this day. You're going to get Brett and West in your ear for a whole couple of months. All right. Okay. I think we did it. Uh, I think we did. Let's go get those cigarettes. <laughs> By which I mean, uh, yeah, and abandon these children. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess in the metaphor, this is our final dinner with our kids. Do you feel like you have a, a better vocabulary? Like, do you feel like you have a pretty like high caliber vocab? A better vocabulary than yours? Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> just in, just uh, uh, like, do you feel like you do? Enjoy, like, do you feel like you, you, Yes. That's a thing about you is you have. I have a, really a uh, oh, what is it? Like a 50,000 word vocabulary? Like, <laughs> like one of the bigger, like. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's just a side effect of reading things and yeah. writing things. And yeah. Yeah. It comes to the territory. Hell but, yeah. But it doesn't make me better than anybody. But it makes you, it makes you better at describing things probably. Yeah. It just means that I have more words. Yeah. Before I have to look anything up. That's great. It, it's weird because I think I'm good at grammar and words yeah. and I hated learning grammar and, and vocabulary. Yeah. I hated I, them so much. Hmm. It's like the kid who has like, he's like, you got to learn martial arts from this old master and they hate the whole process, well, but then they're a badass. If I'm being honest, I think people can go to, I, I know a lot of people who are like fancy themselves scholars and whenever they write, they go a little too far in that direction where it feels like they're trying to sound uh, smart and fancy. Yeah. And I don't think that works. I think that means there are bad writers. That's a great, that's a great point. Like readability is so important. Yeah. And um, I like writing simply and directly. It's like pulling a Hemingway. Is your essay meant it. to like sway people or make you, people feel something? Or is it just meant to like show off how many fucking words you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this writing prowess for? That's a, that's a great way. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. I like writing simply in a way that people can like feel things just by the way the words are put together hey man hey you're speaking my language and you know you know who probably has a low vocab is batman probably i don't know he I, the cover i mean he grew up in like a fancy household so i guess he would have <laughs> a higher vote i don't know i don't know batman batman returns is batman the cover. returns is the cover uh, this is the michael keaton batman i believe he looks is great that, uh, I, I was thinking about this when, 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 when looking at this Batman, Batman picture, I don't know what my, what my Batman is. Cause like I, who is your, I don't know. I like, I, oh, man. I, I only, I'm not a huge like superhero guy in general, but I don't think I like loved the, like the dark Knight movies are great. Yeah. But I didn't like, they didn't like resonate and hit home. I know who my Batman in, is in a way that I feel like it did with a lot of people. So I feel like I, I, I need to watch the other Batmans and figure out which one is me which one do i which one do i love what kind of batman am, am i am i silly batman where he has like a bat <laughs> anti-shark spray i feel like yeah like adam west batman feels <laughs> like yeah because those those that show in the movie 
are hysterically funny. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like a thing that gets lost because kind of like with like Looney Tunes cartoons and stuff, like you think it's for children and you miss all the incredible humor. Yeah. That, that's yeah, actually yeah. there. And I don't know. My Batman is Kevin Conroy. R.I.P. The Which one? Which one would that be? Animated Batman. Animated the voice Batman. actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he played Batman from... When did Batman the Animated Series hit? Like 92? Like around the time of this magazine. Mm. And then... What's the vibe? Oh, like gothic and awesome. <laughs> like so much. Like yeah. he's got just a great voice. Yeah. And uh, he was the voice of Batman all through the Justice League cartoon, Justice Ooh. League Unlimited, and even into a bunch of the recent movies and all of the Arkham video games. Damn. That's Kevin Conroy, Batman. He's, he's my guy. That's your guy. And I'll never be the same now that he's gone. What a oh. bummer. Damn. Is, it, is he the same? Is he also the guy who plays Destiny? Is, is that the same voice actor? No, that's that's Lance Reddick. That's another voice actor tragedy. Oh, man. Man, what a bummer. Ah, oh, shit. Boo! Damn. Mailbox. Here hey, we go. Players Pulse. Uh, hey, it's the Mailbox. Uh, here's the prompt, Nintendo. Asked everybody to ask the kids to write in with ideas for the players poll contest. Yeah. And they did. And my take is some of these ideas are boring, but actual contests. Yeah. No, I was surprised. I was expecting like little kids to be like, I want to go on a dragon. On the space shuttle. Yeah. And these are all pretty like grounded. These are pretty, these kids are being pretty reasonable. Maybe they're not kids. They, yeah, they don't say how old they yeah, are. Yeah, everyone here has to be at least 18. Well, there, there was one insane one. There was, and there, Nintendo's response was very funny. It's the funniest response they've had in the mailbox, which is way... Like, whoever responded to that, like, in a way, if it, this was like a day nap prompt, I would swipe right on that. I thought... I thought yeah, so... I thought... Um, let's just... They gave me a smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah prop it up. Go, okay, get, so get Bill Snyder, who I have to assume is young, Says, take the winner up in an SR-71, which is a, the, like a stealth bomber, <laughs> uh, or another high-performance plane that seats two and engage them in a staged dogfight. Not really a dogfighting plane, but whatever. Whatever, Bill. Uh, the bogeys <laughs> will be remote control planes that will be shot down with missiles or a machine gun. Of course, there will be a trained pilot flying the plane, but the winner gets to shoot the guns. <laughs> so he wants to... and. How many drones did they even have in the early 90s? The military probably had some stuff, but like, this is about, you know, this is something you could do now and it would still be a bad idea. It'd be very dangerous. What's Nintendo's response? Nintendo responds, uh, we don't like the idea, but our legal department really wants us to do it. That's incredibly funny. Yeah, we don't. (laughs) That's the funniest response they've had. Yeah. That was like them them trying to be uh, cute. They're being cute. And I think they're cute. I think I'm swiping right. Yeah. well done. Right the rest it. of these, um, <laughs> this guy's like, uh, I want. What about a snor- snowboarding contest where you get to go take a snowboarding lesson from snowboarders, like professionals, yeah. and also you get a snowboard? And it's like, yeah, that's yeah, a real reasonable, it's a real contest. Yeah. Uh, the Star Trek contest is like you get to go to the set of Deep Space Nine, which I would have fucking loved that. Yeah, were you were you watching Deep Space Nine at this point? No, oh, and shit. it's a shame because it's Damn. my favorite Star Trek Fuck. show. That show's awesome. Damn. Like, it's way more, because it's a serialized show. They tell yeah. a consistent story. Um, it's really, really good. Mm. But at the time, you know, it would have been like, 
I've been like, whatever. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, now, this one, <laughs> the bad deal here is you would get Star Trek video games, and none of these Star Trek yeah. video games are any good. <laughs> no. No. It's, I don't think there's ever been a good Star Trek video game. <sighs> yeah. Well, so Elite Force, the shooter, was good. And I guess Star Trek Online is well-liked. I haven't really played it. Yeah. Um, What's it said? Evo, where you can, like, people actually have ships that are worth, like, that, like... Isn't there some game? Oh, is, is that, um, that's not Star Trek, is it? No, that's the Roberts Industries. Uh, Starfield? No. no, Starfield is the game Bethesda's making. That's uh, the other space <laughs> game that's never going to yeah, come out. Yeah, <laughs> no. But yeah, there's like, I don't know, there's some game where I just know that people like, you could be just like a random person, but people like own massive fleets Dude. and it's like worth actual, like lots of money. Uh, and it's Star all virtual, Citizen. It's all virtual virtual fleets that they own. My brain is goo today. Star Citizen is the game and they've collected. Yes, you can. The game looks incredible. (laughs) Like it'll come out eventually. Yeah. Cause it's one of those where like no man's sky, or I guess you can do this with, um, fuck. What's the other one? The one where you're in a spaceship that they keep adding to like no man's sky, but different No man's sky. No, it's a different one. (laughs) I hate this. Let's move on. Destiny too. Uh, okay we're moving on oh wait one more thing from the mailbox what gail tilden doing a little damage control oh, yeah. a letter from the editor did you read this no i have not all right i gotta start reading these these editor things well, yeah we should got? call out the the murder mystery contest too because that actually sounds awesome anyway yeah. uh, well okay well, we what, what, what's the edit what's the, what's the editor yeah, say? so <laughs> a few issues back and I remember these because I use them. Yeah. And I actually remember this letter from the editor, too. Uh, they gave you stickers that you could put on your Game Boy and your controllers. Oh, cool. And they are neat. Like, it's uh, it was like an end-of-the-year gift in the yeah. magazine. And I discovered, as many readers did, that when you take those things off, controller covered in glue residue. Yeah. So... In the letter from the editor, she acknowledges that that's a problem and is basically like, uh, listen, just get some rubbing al- alcohol and get your parents to help you and just scrub all the glue off. <laughs> so apparently whatever glue they used, it, it's not even like it's it's just it's just messy, like literally <laughs> and figuratively. Yeah, it's fun. Are you sure you don't want to talk about the fucking like the the clue? Well, I feel like we talked mystery? about it during the episode. I don't, is there any new information about it? I guess. Well, so so they also. God damn it! Now we have to go backwards to the mailbox again. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. R- really quick. Okay. Uh, they they have a little write up on who won the clue contest, which was like a in person dinner mm-hmm. theater style murder mystery. Mm-hmm. It just sounded cool. Like it was an actual. Uh, theater company that does these murder mystery yeah. things yeah as the clue characters and i don't know have you ever gone to a, a thing like that i don't think i have yeah i wonder how that would actually be maybe it would be awesome maybe yeah. it would be bad i could see it going either way if i'm being honest <laughs> <laughs> all right we're here at the lost vikings it's lost vikings it's uh some game some game where you play as little vikings characters it's apparently by blizzard it's an early Early day Blizzard game. Every time you bring this game up, you're so bored by it. And I keep trying to say uh, that it's yeah, interesting I, and it just never. Okay. Actually, you know, got, uh, back to us doing the new format. One of my big goals is to start playing more of the games. Uh, I wanted to play the last Vikings and I didn't. So I got nothing this, to say about it. This would be a great one to check out because yeah. I, this is one of those games that doesn't make, even though I've played it before, it doesn't make any sense. Guys, to me. this will be improved in the season. 
imagine, pre- <laughs> imagine this section this game. with us talking about. And I'm yeah. actually giving like insightful thought about that. So what's cool about the Lost Vikings, <laughs> we, should, we, should tell, we should tell our listener, um, you control, you are switching control between three characters with different abilities. So oh, it's a platformer. Didn't know that. But it's got a puzzle mechanic to it. So you have like a shield guy that blocks enemy attacks. So mm. you kind of, what you do is you switch to him, put him in place, and then, you know, to block the enemy attacks and then switch to the other guys and... You can also have him hold the shield overhead as a platform. Yeah. So that Fun. the runny, jumpy Viking can run and jump on him. Damn, I wish I played this. Yeah, this game's neat. Damn. I do, have to, I do like that the last level is space themed. Yep, the Vikings go to space. <laughs> That's fun. They also go to Wonderland, which has balloons. Yeah, it's kind of like and, an Alice in Wonderland scenario. Yeah, kind of a fun housey. Yeah. Yeah, good for them. And they go to a sweatshop. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, that's a Oh, they level. do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Bricks and AC ducks, I guess. Yeah, well, that's kind of messed up. Well, they apparently they start in space. So these are like space Vikings. Yeah, they do, and then they go back to space at the end, and it's like reusing the tile set. But I guess there's some new. I guess yeah. it's harder. I don't know. This game, I gotta try this. Yeah, man. Hey, the sports scene. This is another combined write-up with a bunch of sports games in it. We got. Magic Magic Johnson has a game. Yeah. We got the American Gladiators, which hell yeah. Yeah. The American I mean, Gladiators. <laughs> American Gladiators rules. Uh, it really does. It's so good. But and they're also doing that thing that they've already done before where they make it look like a news sports section. Yeah, it's like it's like a newspaper. Um a newspapers were a thing where you, before <laughs> websites where you could get all of your news every day. You can put a uh, silly putty on it. And then pull the silly putty off and it will absorb the newspaper. That's right. That? It takes the words with it. Yeah. Um, you could burn newspapers as kindling. <laughs> Use it for your doctor pee on, right? Yep. That's right. You. Uh, cut that out. I don't want to talk about pee. All right. We've got Shadowrun, the sequel to Shadowgate. Uh, That's it's- not true. <laughs> Although you, you did correctly note that this that would mess with me because I like both these games. <laughs> I did. I said I should keep calling this the sequel to Shadowgate to piss Weston off. Have you what is your relationship to the franchise Shadowrun? If any. Um I don't I don't have any I don't have any anything. So Sha- Shadowrun is originally a pen and paper role playing game. Oh, okay. Which I have played. It's really cool. It's like cyberpunk with fantasy. Like lots of humans turn into like orcs and elves and stuff. So it's like okay. hacking and cyberpunk stuff. Do you- evil super corporations and you know mm. yada 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 dragons. I, is it is it like satirical and fun at all? I feel like if I'm cyberpunk, if, I, if the world's a bummer, I needed to be like like. You know, like I need to be like fun in its own way. Like, well, I like- it, it's a pen and paper role playing game, so it could be whatever you make it. <laughs> All right, mine's me silly. Yeah, no, the game has a sense of humor, like yeah. kind of a dark sense of humor that I always enjoyed. Um, the thing that specifically comes to mind is the FASA, like the company that did BattleTech and Shadowrun, um, mm. that Microsoft bought. They're, they were pissed off at the 3M Corporation for some reason, you know, the company that makes post-it notes. <laughs> and they wrote into their fictional future that the 3M Corporation had a space station that 
crashed and they let everybody die because of corporate negligence. And it's like, <laughs> nice folks, those 3M people. And I was like, good Lord. That's, that's kind of funny. Feuding with a company, the company that makes post-its. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I, I like that. I'm, 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 I'm a fan. I- there was a, about 10 years ago, they kickstarted a, a series of RPG games. Uh, of Shadowrun that were I played the first one and I'd wanted to play the second one because it's set in Berlin Ooh. and uh, it was quite good. So if yeah. you ha- if you have a chance to play those uh those like kind of point and click tactical strategy Shadowrun like games those those are pretty neat and well regarded. That sounds fun. You know what uh, game's good? Planescape Torment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh like a modern take on uh, Planescape with like tactical yeah stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, this game is also a point and click kind of rpg thing however it's on a super nintendo so it does not work right yeah it's a little it's a little clunky it's a little weird um i've always wanted to play it i my understanding is it's pretty good i don't know shadow run shadow run don't jack in alone that's the kind of thing that people would anyway. yeah it's <laughs> uh batman returns for the snes this is a this is a beat-em-up it's it's fine. I've played yeah. it. You walk around, beat people up. Yep. Centerfold. <laughs> this is a really cursed centerfold. <laughs> this is. This is the so fucking worst. Uh, the centerfold is some game called Bubs B, Bub, Bubsy, which is like a kid's cat cartoon thing. You've talked about this before where there's like a joke sequel to it. Bubsy. Yeah, the best thing that ever happened the- with Bubsy the Bobcat is the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, so it seems like, I don't really know. I didn't really know what Bubsy is, but apparently I thought I was picturing it being like an educational game, but is it like more of a platforming game? Bubsy the Bobcat is a mascot platformer like everybody was doing like Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff, but bad. Um, although it could be argued Sonic was bad. Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. The fun, the fun Bubsy game is also a decade old now. It's, uh, Bubsy 3D, Bubsy visits the James Terrell retrospective. <laughs> uh, so if you're in the mood for like, you know, Frog Fraction style, like just like a weird art house, a weird time, little video game thing. That's, you know, I highly recommend I, I want to find that community of, of pro, like little fucking programming marathon kids who just make weird fucking pro, like games. I want to hang out with, I want to, I want to hang out with them. We should do some uh, some game jams. Yeah, find find the game jams crowd. Yeah, actually, you know what? I would do a game jam. I think that would be fun. It's it's much like you know how people do like forty eight hour film festivals. Yeah, and it's like, well, I'll do one, and then I'm like, I think I'm good. But like some people enjoy doing it, uh, you know, and good for them. Yeah, well, like it's it's tough. I feel like I enjoy them after I do them. Like it's a thing like that, but like. When I'm doing it, it's just an anxiety attack for about 48 hours because I am incapable of putting out something that I don't feel like I'm positive is is good. Right. (laughs) And it's, which is my, it's a problem on me, but it's just a massive, massive amount of anxiety. I just like, why spend the time when the result is going to be, I guess it's good practice. Yeah. But you know, you're not, how many 48 hour films have turned out amazing? I'll make a, you know, Smash Bros, where it's like there's like all the question marks for characters and stuff like that. Yeah. I want to make a game that's rock, paper, scissors, and you start with three characters, which is rock, paper, and scissors. And then around it is like 80 See? question mark characters that that's you slowly That's amazing. Unlock. See, that's the kind of shit that you could do in a game jam. Do it in a game jam. 
Hell I yeah. Just get good at art. Although I could just do pictures. I could just grab digitize picture of a rock. Right? I don't know. Bubsy is not a very good game, but it is well known as being like one of those plat, you know, it's like uh Rice Star. Rice Star is better. Rice Star is a good game. Yeah. Apparently. We've talked about this. Yeah. Or did we? I don't know. Well, uh, we're what we're talking about now is the next section. Let's Oh no, no. Oh. Oh no. Shit. Uh, uh, what did I, what, hey, it's a mech warrior themed Nestor's Adventures. Uh, dude, we, for a fucking second, I thought Nestor was going to be flying an air vehicle again. I just saw him in a spacesuit again. And I'm like, ah, oh, god damn it. Do you have another air vehicle episode? It, I, I think it counts because he's a pilot again. <laughs> but he's piloting something that walks instead of flying. That's true. That's true. I'm going to give it a half, a half yes. I like mech warrior, but I don't like Nestor very much. Uh, here's one nice thing I will say. The first panel is kind of funny. I said the same thing. I liked the first panel. It was like, it seemed like kind of like, I don't know. It just seemed like. Yeah. So, so they're at a bar. Uh, all the mech pilots are talking shop, right? Yeah. And this mech pilot's like, yeah, I, I was doing a mission and I was overheating. Because if you know mech where you're managing heats, like a big mechanic in the game and I had to replace the thermal couplings with my socks. And then Nestor goes, yeah, the old thermal coupling sock trick. I, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not bad. I, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I liked this first panel. I was impressed, but then, you know, obviously it turns really shitty after that, but all the Nestor comics orbit around Nestor being a contrarian dickhead. And yeah. if the whole comic was just him talking shop, uh, shop with these mech pilots and about all the weird things that they have to do to survive, that sounds great. Yeah. I want to see, I want to read that comic. So yeah, it was fine. But outside of that, you know, it's just classic bad Nestor's adventure comic. I, I, I was thinking, do you think that Nestor's adventure actively hurt the comic book industry? Because <laughs> a lot of people, were subscribed to this magazine. It was huge. It's a massive hit. So a lot of kids were reading this magazine. So this is probably a lot of kids' first exposure to comic books in general, potentially, hmm. if they weren't like a kid who would go to it. And their only exposure to comics would be this piece of shit, horrible comic that pretty much, you, I mean, we've read in the comic, like kids have sent letters saying how much they don't like these comic books. And I think it's because of Nestor's Adventure. <laughs> so I, I do wonder if Nestor's Adventure did genuinely, yeah, like, I, I do think there's a little, like, there were some CEOs in the comic book industry who were like, we don't know why, but interest went down, like, five ticks. Starting in 1987 <laughs> or whenever the first like, one, yeah. Do you, think there's, do you think there's a chance that this genuinely, like, it did, like, it is clear that kids do not like this comic. It's clear. A lot of kids are reading this magazine, and it is possible this is a lot of kids' first exposure to comic books. Do you think it's a stretch to say that Nestor's Adventure might, is a good chance it negatively impacted the comic book industry? I think that's almost certain. I, I think it's like <laughs> extremely, uh, because, and this is anecdotal, but like comics at this time, I was just thinking about this because I was listening to uh, one of the Game Boys to Men, the Jeff Gersman, like the retrospective podcast. Yeah. And the guest that they have on for this latest one, this is like a Patreon podcast, but yeah. like uh, this guy worked at, Flux Magazine, which was a games, comics, and music kind of like, you know, got mm. guy culture magazine. Yeah. That, and uh, he brought up that like the big comics right now, like in that era, were dark and gritty. And you also had a lot of like Vampirella and Lady Death, where it was like 
hot lady comics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, of course, brought back to mind like all the ads from this era where it's just like, yeah, if you went to a video game magazine that wasn't Nintendo Power, you know, Lady Death would be there. Uh, she's like a blue lady with a ton of cleavage. And it'd be like, wow, hot lady comics. Right. <laughs> And that's probably they had to do that because of the fall off in readership. Yeah, it's like, it was desperate we, to like. We got to get those teenage boys back uh, quick. And so they were pulling dirty tricks to, yeah. to get that. We need we need some curves. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're absolutely onto something. Huh. Nestor almost killed the comics industry. <laughs> Nintendo Nintendo brought back the video games industry, but killed the comic industry. It's so frustrating when this comic has like one panel up top that's good. I know it's happened. I mean, it does several times. They hit it a few times, but yeah, it's always always a sad disappointment. I I hate this comic. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, we are on the the ninety two the Nesters. It's the the Oscars uh, where. Will Smith hits. <laughs> I'm not. I'm never going to get over that. Will Smith hit uh, Chris Rock. Uh, I so I so bummed that my year of dicks didn't win for uh, best animated short. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's uh, it's the thing that uh, did anything I'll, juicy happen in this last Oscars? Uh, or is it a pretty tame an animated short called My Year of Dicks? Was that literally lost? Not, <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to the nesters. Uh, All right. What do we got? It's pretty much. There's pretty much sweeps across the board. Like Street Fighter 2 sweep pretty much most. It was like a it's like Street Fighter Link 2 to the past and, and Street Fighter yeah. and Street Fighter 2 pretty close. Like it was like Link to the Past would win one thing category, then Street Fighter 2 would win the next one, then Link to the Past would win the next one, and then Street Fighter 2 would win the next one. And that's pretty much it. Like graphics and sound it's, goes Link to the Past, theme and fun goes to Street Fighter 2. It's that's it goes back and forth. It's just a volleyball game. This is just this is one of those things with like award shows where yeah. it's just like what does this group of people think? And the results are like really unsurprising. Yeah. And I just kind of like, there's only little glimmers of non Zelda, non street fighter wins here. Mario paint got most innovative. Yeah. Uh, And out of this world is third place for most innovative. So that's, that's that's interesting. But like, yeah, none of yeah. Street fighter two is a huge fucking deal. You know this. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know it again. And that's fair. You know, like, you know, we don't need to like be interesting and not give it to the best game. No, let's just give it Street Fighter 2 and Zelda 2 or Zelda. Those were probably the best games of, of that year. And that's okay. I want like Grover teaches spelling. <laughs> Glover. Yeah. Uh, yeah Glo- a- <laughs> Glover needs to win. That's what I want. Uh, Mario Land 2 pretty much completely sweeps the Game Boy. And then uh, Mega Man 4 pretty much completely sweeps the NES. And that's, that's it. They're all great games. And those are all really good games. Good for them. Hell yeah. We got to start skipping power players because i don't like this section i wrote down so i kind of eventually there power. are segments that i just skip at this point like i just don't even give them any chance to get my attention and this has become one of them i do not i don't give this more than a second i just skip right through the power power player all player, right player, when we come back challenge when we start doing the season model the seasonal model this is power our, players getting skipped one of our positive changes will be not going over power players <laughs> And I mean, also one of them, one of I, I, I don't, this one is a section I classified information. almost, yeah. Okay. Classified information is a section that I almost skip, but I do skim it. I'm I, I do, cause it's just a collection of cheat codes. And so I do keep my eyes out. Is there any interesting cheat code? I, not, not this time for me. 
No interesting cheat codes. There, oh, there is a- one that I use. Yeah. There is a section on Star Fox, and they break down uh, the secret warp. Oh shit! In the uh, in the kind of the middle, the middle levels, the easy pathway through the game, where there's this like asteroid with a face that you blow up, and you warp to a secret area that's super gnarly and crazy. Oh fuck! You're right. Okay, that is it's a cool. Ve- that is a cool, cool one. Yeah. And it's uh, I believe it's also a shortcut. Man, I do. I do like secrets in video games. I do like secrets in video games are fun. All right. It gets even better. The, the reason the timing on this is really cool is because this is a secret where you go into a black hole, which oh, in the Star Fox comic, a little what, preview of the Star Fox, that might come up in the comic. Um, can we just jump to the comic? Because I, I am thrilled to talk about this comic. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, okay. That's an interstitial uh, admin note. Oh, That's, we Star need Fox. to do one for the comics. Hey, hey, actually, no, let's keep this in. Hey, hey, hey. Again, we're, we're giving you the value of more crap. We're going to have an interstitial that goes into the comics. I don't know if that's, that's a ton of value. We're, we're under a street lamp in like the desert smoking cigarettes and at a payphone. It's like, kids, you're going to be so glad we left. <laughs> we're definitely coming back. I'm telling you, man, the value is going to be off the chain. Uh, but... Uh, speaking of value, this Star Fox comic is the absentee was, father bit landing at all for you. I feel like it's I think it not is. I okay. Think it's okay. Landing. I'm with you. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm with you. Keep doing it. Right, I'm great. in. I'm with you. I'm with We're you. We're at the Star Fox comic. Okay, this, this comic one was rules. fucking wild. It's uh, so holy good. shit! This volume, this this Act Four, fuck. I mean, they they uh they're really Benimaru Ito, the uh, it's the artist. They uh, we've talked about this. It's like these co- characters are already like kind of distinct from the from. Because again, okay, this you know what Star Fox is. You know what comic books is. This is a Star Fox comic. It's like a it's serialized. It's uh, what whatever. else has this guy done? I don't know, but uh, you know, like the Star Fox characters already in the games are really unique. But for some reason, they decided in this comic book to give them just to make them fucked up and give them like really. Benamaru Itu did the original art from Mewtwo. Whoa, the Pokemon card. That's hilarious. That's, oh, it's so I mean, dope. honestly, his art style is really great. And what's really great too is uh. I don't know. Could we just get to the part that's really awesome in like one, the next page? I I want to, you know what I'm talking about right from the start here. (laughs) I just want to say the spread on the very first page is really, really interesting from like a comic storytelling perspective. Cause it starts with this vertical panel on the left. That's like everything turned 90 degrees. So it's all the characters kind of reacting to the, the big twist thing from the last episode. It may actually be the exact same panel Yeah, where Fox is like, we're going to fly through a black hole to go after Andros and it's just everybody freaking out, but it's turned sideways, which I mean, he has turned things sideways. It's just nice. It's just nice comic stuff. But then on the right, there's three panels around kind of the star Fox title that catch you up on stuff. And it's like so abstract because you get a couple of reaction panels on the top and the bottom. And then a panel like that covers what's going on that shows an R wing flying into a black hole, which is what he proposed. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a little inside baseball to call that out, but I just think it's an amazing spread. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that is, that is like, honestly, I think reading these comic books um, and I actually, our last guest was Ethan and he's a friend of mine. He's really into comics and he let me borrow some of them, but I'm just realizing I actually am starting to get a little more interested in the comic book game in terms of like, you can do a lot of fun stuff with like, I like how innovative you could be with just how you make the panels spread out across the page. It's, it's just, I, I think there's a lot of fun you can have with this, this format. And it's, uh, I, I learned to draw drawing 
comic strips and comic pages as a teenager. And I always love that format. And it's something that I actually miss as I've grown up. I have like kind of less time just because you got to draw a lot to be good. You got to practice. And I just don't have those hours. It's one of those things where I'm like, man, I'd really like to be good at that. But I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. Yeah. I, I like how the. I mean, like Paranormal School has illustrations in it. So I did some digital art for it. But for the most part, it's like mixed media stuff. So there's like a lot of design things. There's a lot of, you know, like Photoshop. And uh, there's even some like 3D stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I just, every time I sat down to draw, I was like, ah, man, I got to put in my 10 hours a week to stay current on this stuff. Yeah. And I'm just not gonna. Yep. So that, that, that that's comic books. And then uh, like story-wise in this, uh, yeah, Fox like is propelling this kind of almost like death wish of he's gonna like fly an arrowing into a black hole to like do a sneak attack on big bad Andros. Uh, and Fox people, gets so salty. People are not down for it. And Fox is, he's fucked up. Uh, they're like, and they're like, Hey, uh, the, dog guys like hey buddy uh he keeps on calling him junior and fox is like so angry when someone calls him junior like it seems fox is really in this he has book, such a temper he's just li- he is a really a little kid where if anyone like talks down to him he's like so he's just a little kid he's like a little kid that is yelling and screaming and he's like i'm gonna go kill my he's gonna go do this like suicide mission they definitely have sanded the edges off of this character over the years because the way he's portrayed here he is like hot-headed impulsive he reacts big to stuff. He's mean. People like, keep, yeah, and people keep calling him Junior, and that's like because you know his dad's dead, and he's Junior, and like people just genuinely call him Junior. And every time someone calls him that, he's getting angrier and angrier. Like at the very last comic, when someone calls him like Peppy, his boy calls him Junior, and his fox just looks like he turns into this vicious fox beast, and it's like text bubble is fucking red, and it says my name is Fox. It's like all fucking. Big bold, I'm um, not junior. Fox, not junior. And like, he, then he just storms off, and he's gonna go get himself killed. And everyone's like, everyone's saying he's gonna go kill him. He's gonna die, and he, mm-hmm. we got to do something about it. And then Falco gets this look <laughs> on his face. Here's what one thing that's really neat with this comic is: we know that Fox and Falco have disagreed before, and it really is kind of the Ninja Turtles thing, where it's like yeah. Leonardo and Raphael, where like Falco's a little more brash, a little rougher around the edges. Yeah, and um. This is a really fun way to kind of expand Falco as a character because <laughs> Fox Fox goes to the hangar and he's like, "Get out of here, mechanic! I'm taking the ship yeah, out right a now." Mature kid, I'm going to go do the suicide dumb mission thing because I'm being dumb. Yeah, and then Falco beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, like Fox. Like, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to go work at Fox, and yeah, he and just he's got sucker so- punches Fox and doesn't stop punching. He just keeps fucking punching Fox until all of his buddies go, hey, dude, what are you doing? And they have to like pull him off. And he and Falco's got this expression on his face the whole time. Like, hey, you're doing your this to yourself, man. I would stop if I could and just keeps hitting him. And it is. <laughs> first of all, it's wild that this comic in a magazine that's for kids has a character ostensibly doing the right thing by beating the shit out of the main character. Yeah, no, it's inter- the main character just is being a dumb little brat and it's about to get himself killed. And then a friend, his reaction is I'm going to go beat the living shit out of him. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the wrong call. I think fuck. I was like, when Falco was doing this, I'm like, Hey, maybe you need to beat the shit out of Fox. I don't know. And it, it kind of works. I mean, he knocks him out. Like Fox <laughs> is, is like they're care. They carry him away. He hit Fox so many times that he is unconscious. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, just what a start to this volume. Like, just having the main character be a brash little kid going to make a go, like, just out of, like, immaturity, make a, just a dumb, dumb, dumb life decision and just have a friend beat the fuck out of him because just to stop him. Yeah. That, that's that's the start. That's how this comic book starts. That's, that's Hey, sometimes <laughs> you got you got to... You gotta correct somebody's path. Do you think if, if, if I was gonna line, do something yeah. dumb, like if I was gonna go drink and drive or something, would you beat the crap out of me? I don't think I'd beat the crap out of <laughs> you, but uh, would I pick you up and throw you until you couldn't move anymore? Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the same thing. Yeah, that, uh, it's fun. So what a start. Farah, Farah is her name, right? Farah yeah. Phoenix. Uh, yeah, the the girl character who's <laughs> noticeably absent from the games because of uh, sexism is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, she goes to General Pepper and we finally get the backstory. Like, what is Fox's deal with his dad? Why is he being such a punk? Yeah. And um, basically, his dad was a hotshot pilot and Fox was this prodigy pilot who was clearly, you know, going to do his thing. And he befriended Falco, who was this street smart jerk. Yeah. And got him through the academy. So they, they became pilots together. And then Andros was also on Corneria. And had Fox Sr. Uh, fly out to test this gravity bomb he made. And then it blew up, and, like, because he's Andros is crazy. And yeah. his father was lost in this black hole explosion. This whole gut, like, it's weird because, like, this, this world is in characters are so deeply flawed in this kids magazine. Like, they've talked yeah. about how this, this government's super flawed. Like, this, all this Andros stuff was happening. And Andros is like, nobody this stopped crazy him. scientist. Yeah. He's like doing all this, like, unethical bad shit. And the government's just like, ah, we don't really want to deal with that. Yeah. That's, so that's so pretty, they, they exile him. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, he goes to Venom and builds his army. So it's like Corneria created their own worst enemy. They created, and they're not, they're also not like fixing the problem. And that's, I think like they, they're kind of paint, painting the Star Fox people as the people who are like these kind of underground people who are like, no, we should stop this. There's like a big bad out there and no one's doing anything about it. I, I kind of dig like, you know, Corneria is portrayed as like, they're the good guys, but they're like this flawed democracy. Yeah, totally. Uh, on brand. This is, this is the thing about democracies. They have all kinds of problems. But, you know, and sometimes they create villains. I've got to say this, this comic, just like starting with this weird, this Falco being the crap out of Fox and then going to this interesting backstory of Fox and his dad and seeing Falco young and like talking about how like flawed the government and shit. Like I, this is, this is climbing up my favorite comics of the, of the Tino Power magazine. I was, it's, it's very good. I, uh, it, it might've topped Battletoads for me at this point. Also, there's. There's a joke in here where they bring back the idea that General Pepper couldn't do anything about the Andros situation because he was only a sergeant. And then they make a Sergeant Pepper's joke where it's a little riff on the cover of the Beatles album, Sergeant Pepper's <laughs> Lonely Hearts Club Band, in the corner, which of course flew way over my head as a kid. I had no idea. So awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I do remember just being surprised that there were like, they did Pepper jokes throughout this. I don't, none of them really necessarily stuck out as like a top pick, but I liked that it had, this has a bit of a sense of humor to it. And, and I'm down. It's, uh, it's very tongue in cheek. So then, uh, okay. So all that stuff is super cool, but I got to say the way they wrap this up yeah. is a little confusing and messy. Yeah. That's like, cause the whole thing is they really make it feel like Falco's like, Right, it's the whole like the motivations of everyone gets kind of like becomes like a little messy soup at this point, right? Is yeah. So yeah, now that Falco has beat the shit out of Fox, he's like, "Hey, can we actually modify the R wing to do this?" And he's like, "I'm gonna do it." 
I'm going to fly through the black hole. So it becomes like Falco is kind of big dogging Fox so that he can hog the glory, which I guess tracks for the character, but it's not, I don't know. It, it, it's yeah. It's like, I don't The promise I got right away. were like, I, I, I don't know. I, it, it suddenly, or, or I like, I'm like, was it because I like, was it, is Falco doing this? Cause he doesn't want Fox to be the one to like risk his life. Or is he doing it? Cause of, I mean, it seems more like he's doing it cause he's just a dick. Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense yeah, why this- he would suddenly be like, no, I'm going to do, maybe it's, maybe the idea here is they're trying to find a safer way of doing it. And he's like, then, then I'll fly it, you know, yeah. like, whereas Fox wanted to go right now. And yeah. they're, they're talking about changing the fighter around and like modifying it. And then like the group split where then the Pharaoh girl's like, I'm, I'm with Fox and I'm going to help him sneak onto it. And it's like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't really understand the motivations here. I don't really like feel like I, the characters swap from being really interesting to suddenly just nothing to me. I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Which so, is a bummer. Yeah. So it ends with Farrah and Fox and Fox surprises Falco, kicks yeah. him out of the, uh, yeah, Farrah, of like, the breaks him out and then mm-hmm. they sneak up and, Oh, Fox, Fox is there. I like, I don't even know who are we supposed to be fucking rooting for at this point? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really confused what the angle was here. It's like, are we supposed to feel bad that Falco beat up Fox? Yeah, because I wonder and if that's the, like the miss. Like, are we, were they trying to, because the way we both were like, we're like, yeah, Fal- good for Falco. Like, yeah, so many, a, maybe he went, I, it, was, it was cool because like, I feel a lot of these characters like have good intentions, but they just go do like Fox, you know, like he's trying to like do good and stuff like that. But he's just, he's got these personal flaws of like having a hot head and being fucking dumb and reckless yeah and then falco's like yeah stop your buddy but he probably went too far just like it was fine when he did one punch and stopped him but he just kept fucking punching and i'm like that was really interesting yeah yeah it's messy and maybe that's like it went from like what i thought was interesting was this started with characters trying to do the right things but doing it in a really messy way yeah to suddenly characters are i I don't know it just it kind of like lost that taste that flavor i got that i really liked kind of just disappeared there's a really fun yeah to your point that that's a really fun through line in the story because that kind of reflects on andros being created by like corneria enabled him and like gave him the resources to like discover all this messed up science totally yeah it's like it's which is like so interesting like especially for this be a fucking nintendo star fox comic it's characters trying to do the right thing but they're fucking up along the way yeah that's cool the, the only thing that doesn't connect is it doesn't reflect back on the gameplay. So there's not, <laughs> you know, everybody talks about ludonarrative dissonance. I love yeah. games that manage to pull off ludonarrative consonance where the gameplay does reflect on the story. Yeah. So like Dead Space is my favorite example where it's like all the story stuff is about isolation and separation. Yeah. Totally. Uh, on like character levels, but also like humanity as a whole in that world. And then, of course, what's the gameplay? Well, you're blowing monsters limbs off. Yeah. Cut off their limbs. You know, so it, it doesn't quite track all the way, but it is really fun and it's yeah, internally I consistent. Feel that. And it makes Near Automata is a good example. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, that's a game that definitely like nails it. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah. Fox and Farrah take off as a team to fly into the black hole. That's how it ends. Yeah. With, so, uh, with the others chasing them. But hey, you know what I'm going to say? It had a high point. It had a real low point. Having a, a single high point is a pretty good benchmark for these for these Nintendo comic books. I think if you hit a high point, that's all I'm asking for. I don't remember what happens, so I'm I'm excited to see. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I remembered more about the Mario. I 
Yeah. Zelda comic, I remember the ending the whole time we were reading it. Yeah. You know, from when I was little because I was so struck by it. Yeah. So melancholy. <laughs> Anyways, you want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Here we go! This time, it calls you to the ultimate battle of good against evil. To a quest few are prepared for, and fewer still survive. But perhaps now, the power is within your grasp. Zelda, a link to the past, only on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with superpower. All right, let's get back to the guys. Let's get into it. Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. That's where we're at. Oh, right? shit. Here it is. I played the remake. I didn't really play the Game Boy version. Oh, really? You never played the Game Boy version? Remake version. Remake was great. The remake I, is great. I loved it. Um, I, I do have to say with the Game Boy version. So I feel like the Game Boy, the big thing about that is like, you obviously compare it's like a portable NES, right? Mm-hmm. It's like but the games aren't they're like trying to port games. It's like they bring Mario into the NES and it's not quite as good as the Mario games on the NES. It's like all right. you know, it's like little downgrades. And I would say Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is absolutely better than any than the NES one. In fact, oh, I totally. actually I really think this specific game is in a, its own league. I feel like compared to every other Game Boy game, it feels weirdly like it belongs in a generation above it it's like it feels like i don't think there's another game boy game that quite hits it's it just runs smooth it looks great it feels like a modern i like it feels like an old it feels like a modern class like a modern old game like it feels more like a super nintendo game than an nes game and it's the only game i think on the game boy that feels like that it just it's hmm. so good it's smooth it looks great it plays great it's fun it's well designed it tells a weird story that's cool like it has an interesting idea like it's just everything it's at a full cylinder and i don't think there's any game that quite even like pokemon which is great is like chunky and like there's problems like it, it does it's this game just feels like it's it's really high caliber and it just fits perfect like i don't mm-hmm. think it's like it feels like this shitty game that's falling apart it's just it's just smooth it's fun the only it's my cr- memory of it Oh, okay. The only criticism, <laughs> the only criticism I've seen that the remake, the Switch game, actually fixes, is uh, you have to equip your jump ability yes. every time you want to jump. I remember like that as a kid though, because like that's it was the only 2D Zelda game that I had played that let you jump, and so that was like it was like a little feather that made you jump. It was like the feather from like Mario Kart that makes you jump. Yep. And uh, I thought it was cool. Like I, it was 2D Zelda games never let you jump and just just having that as an icon item you can equip i thought was neat yeah there's these underground if you never played Link's awakening there's these underground areas you can go through that are kind of platform areas yeah that you can jump across yeah like turns i mean like there's certain ones where like the first one you go into i feel like literally like feels like a mario there's literally like goombas in it there's there's goombas that you have to like jump onto and, and stomp on their heads it's wild it's a weird it's a weird little game uh, I do want to give a shout out to the one of my favorite features of it as a kid was you can steal from the shop. That's right. And, you, and the you, guy shoots lightning at you. Yeah. Like you, the, you he's not a, happy. You're at a shop and like uh, you can grab items from like this like store thing and bring them to the cashier and buy it. But you're able to like the cashier, you can like fucking distract the cashier guy and just run out with a fucking item. And like 
to naturally yeah. discover that as a kid, be like, holy shit, they let me do this was awesome. <laughs> and then you go back in, the shopkeeper's pissed off at you and fucking just immediately kills you. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's such a fun, cool little feature. It's very uh, cool. Yeah. I think this game is fucking fantastic. I, there's a bigger feature in a later volume. So I, I really want to make sure I replay it to see how the nostalgia holds up. But from my memory, I mean, I played this Game Boy game as a kid going back into Game Boy. Like I had already been, I, I was a GameCube kid. Like I, games were better. And I replayed this one. And this was like the one where I'm like, oh shit, this feels like an actual game that I want to play. Cool. Yeah. I should play, maybe when you do that, I'll play Minish Cap or something. Ooh. One of, one of the GBA Zeldas that Capcom made. I, I do. Minish Cap's supposed to be great. I mean, this, this game's fucking awesome. I fucking love this game. Come on. Come on. All right. Come on, man. All Come right. on. All right. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking my favorite game on the Game Boy. Uh, Zen, Zen Intergalactic Ninja. I don't know what this is. I, I, based I, I, on a comic. It's based off a comic that you... Uh, do, are you genuinely a fan of this game and comic no. book? No, no, no. Are you a fan uh, of the comic book? No. No, okay. Yeah, fuck this game. All right, uh, uh, here you go. Uh, this is another one of those eco-ecological things from the early 90s. Uh, early attempts at by scientists to be like, hey... Um, industrialization is kind of poisoning our world and it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Are we still talking about Zen Ninja? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You see, he's like, yeah, this is like a villain in a panel being like my acid rain beat down on Zen's yeah. defenses. It's one of those. Um, this was very common with early nineties stuff. Yeah. Um, if you were a conservative parent, you didn't like that your kids were coming home from school being like Ranger Rick said to recycle. And like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> especially in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Texas. Right. Uh, Ring Rage. It's a uh, it's like a cage match game for the Game Boy, kind of a proto UFC because there's like different there's like wrestlers but also kickboxers and stuff. And a karate fighter. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're in the Game Boy section. <laughs> yes, let's, I, let's let's cruise past these. Uh, I remember when I was a karate fighter. <laughs> Uh, this game is called Great Greed. It's another eco game. This time it's an RPG by Namco. Mm -hmm. Great Greed feels like that was the straight translation of the Japanese name and they didn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, it looks like a Game Boy game that, you know, people aren't talking about. It's it's lost the sands of time. Counselor's Corner. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, once again, I, I got nothing to say here. You got any, uh, I got nothing. Here's here's the thing. Okay, Prince of Persia, right? Like, yeah. uh, I've spoken fondly of that game. I remember reading these questions because mm -hmm. it's appeared in Counselor's Corner a few times. Now it's like there's an invincible skeleton you have to beat. Yeah. And there's a mirror that you can't get past. And it's like, how do I beat those? Something about Prince of Persia, like the game is so simple and just clean in its premise that like, even reading about these solutions is really compelling. I, I don't know how else to say it. That, that was just what I remember as a kid. And I was looking at these and I actually read both of them. Hmm. Uh, yeah. You got to get to that mirror by jumping through it. There, there's something about labyrinths and oh, getting so through them. That's just like, like, these all feel like fun little like premises of like an interesting. Yeah. You don't, that you don't need to through. know a lot about the game. Cause it's like, you have a sword and it, you have to get through this dungeon. Yeah. That's it. That's Prince of Persia. You have an hour to get through the dungeon or else. Yeah. So, it kind of feels almost like uh, like a, 
like a TikTok video that's like labeled like you wouldn't know, you wouldn't believe how you get through this door. <laughs> <laughs> the level 78 of the back rooms. <laughs> uh, like I still remember there's another issue. I think we've already gone past it. Where in Prince of Persia, you fight your double. And the only way you can beat your double is by putting your sword away. Cause it puts its sword away and you just oh, walk by it. Fine. And it's like that something, something about that feels, it's just clean. That's, that's, it's that's, like, that's I get pu- it. That's a puzzle. It's a good puzzle. I'm jealous. You get to initiate this next one. Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a write up on the live action super Mario brothers movie. Yeah, did starring Bob Hoskins <laughs> and John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper. The original and Samantha Mathis. The original, the new one is going to hold a light to this one. This movie, uh, you made a joke on the break about uh, you expected in the next Star Fox comic that the characters are just doing lines of coke because it's such a yeah that comic is so raw yeah and weirdly mature. Somebody definitely did a bunch of coke when they came up. <laughs> like this movie is so insane. If you haven't watched the trailer for it, go watch it. Go watch the full movie. It's it's a as fun long watch. as you can tolerate. I mean, it. this is. I mean, I don't know. I actually would say this is a. I think it's one of the most fun bad movies to watch. Like even more than like it's incredible. The, the room is like a movie that like is a classic bad movie to watch. And I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, I have moments where I'm like. Wait, actually, why are we watching this? That's and, how I feel with The Room. And yeah. with the Super Mario Bros. movie, at least the one time I watched it when I was like in high school in the face of watching bad movies, I remember just having a fucking blast. Have you heard the term outsider art as a mm. reference to The Room is kind of outsider art? So the idea is that it's like something created in a medium by somebody who just fundamentally does not understand uh, basic things about how to like yeah. like that one guy did the alien abduction movie like that that's yeah, yeah. All, all the rage now with the room people so I, I watch clips from that stuff and i have friends who really love that and it, like with the room but yeah it's kind of like i i don't see why i need to watch this like i don't yeah. derive joy from somebody fundamentally misunderstanding how to tell a story yeah in cinema but the, i think the mario Bros. movie is different yeah, th- this is not outsider art. This is just like a batshit crazy movie that shouldn't exist. Yeah, and well, I also heard that I recently uh, was listening to a podcast that was really going into this because the new Mario Bros. movie is coming out, but apparently right. this went through like development hell. Like it yeah. was written as an adult movie and it was like written as this like really dark adult, like fucking subversive movie and the people who made it were like scared at the end. They, like, they were about to start making it like, guys, what are we doing? This is for kids. And they like- Holy shit. Had all the sets built- and it was like a pivot very late in the process of like, we got to suddenly make this a kid thing. So it is that process. And we've actually been through this, which is weird. It's funny to say that because rereading this, reading this uh, magazine, we've really liked things that seem like the clear problem was that went through development hell. And that's why it's bad. Yeah. Uh, or it's like going through some like weird. So that's what I think that I believe that story for this one is that's why it's so weird is it went through. I mean, it was going to be weird regardless, but the reason it's like extra weird is because they made some massive pivots way too late in the process. And it created it's, this like, so, so you strange, think strange, strange soup, had they done the rated R or whatever it was going to be super Mario brothers movie, you yeah. think they would have stuck the landing better. It, it, uh, cause like, it, I think this is a fun movie to watch, but I think it's an objectively bad movie still. Yeah. Uh, where I think that one might've been a weird movie, but it might've been like, there might've been more people like bad in that. I would guess there's probably more people who are like, hey, it's actually not bad, though. Interesting. Yeah, it like I have a soft spot for Cool World, the Ralph Bakshi movie yeah. from this era. I think video games showed up in one of the issues that we did. And that's another one where it's like this got made because of Roger Rabbit. 
Yeah. And I feel like the Super Mario Brothers movie probably got the green light because of Batman, like the 89 Batman. Huh. Uh, so like that kind of Tim Burton-y, like let's do a weirdly dark gothic take on this. You know, and, and there's a lot of like the way Dennis Hopper as King Koopa is kind of this evil businessman in like yeah. the 1980s uh, yeah. format that you start to understand. It's like, okay, I, I think I see where this came from, even if it's like the worst choices, like just bizarre yeah. choices, like yeah. making it's- the Goombas like these big henchmen with tiny heads. Like <laughs> what in the world were they thinking? Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's wild. Uh, I also like that Manhattan is called the, the, the cause it's like, well, also very funny because if you know this movie, it's batshit crazy. Uh, it's one of the wildest things. Then, like, it's, how does it exist? They start it's in so like normal weird. Brooklyn or Manhattan, whatever that is. And then the, yeah. the and then they go into the crazy fucking Mario world at a certain point. And uh, in this magazine, at some point in the copy, they say, "And things take a turn for the weird." Yeah, and I'm no like, kidding. That might be the most understated uh, statement of all time because this this movie's crazy. Uh, well, apparently, also, this, it's the same set designer as Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect, like, if you want to know what happened, it's like whoever got a hold of this was like, you know, it'd be awesome and appropriate here is to just get the people who made Blade Runner. Did you watch this movie when you were a kid? Like, was this? I'm not sure I've ever seen it all the way through. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch parts of it. And yeah, like the fireball guns are like super scopes, little bazookas. Yeah. And to jump high, they have like spring shoe, these these like kind of mechanical spring shoe things. Yeah. It's just weird. Now, it is worth pointing out in this era, video game adaptations were terrible and weird. Because like I, I do remember going to see the Double Dragon movie. Yeah. Uh, with uh, one uh, one time podcast guest Kyle, like me and his brother, and yeah. went to go watch that, and that movie's bad too. <laughs> like it's, uh, and it's like it's really bad. I, I do have to say, the Mario World, like the world they go into, is called instead of Manhattan, it's called Dino Hatton. All right, I like that. All right, cool. I like that. Wasn't Bob Hoskins like drunk for the entire movie? <laughs> Probably. I. It's so crazy that Bob Hot like. You know, it's the guy who's in Roger Rabbit and a million other things. Bob Hoskins is yeah. an icon. Yeah. And John Leguizamo was the jerk. What a movie. Wait, was he the jerk? He was the uh, jerk, right? I don't know. I don't right, let's get out of here. What a movie. Yoshi is looks like a real dinosaur. And it's Princess Daisy, not Peach. Because yep. uh, I guess Peach isn't, she doesn't, I guess it's probably Mario 64 when she sends that letter that makes her a real household name. I don't think she's quite got the. Peach. She's, got, she's not quite the. The icon she uh, she became. Shout out to Samantha Mathis. <laughs> she made it. She made it happen. Uh, okay, you want to press that button? Oh, here we are. Now we're talking. Okay, yeah, we're at Kirby's Adventure. It's, There's uh, it's some the iconic second, bangers in this issue. It really, it, honestly, and it's it's the second Kirby game. Uh, the first one to be on the Game Boy. Uh, and uh, a couple things. Number one. I wanted to play both the original game, Kirby and this one to kind of as comparison points. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time. And so that's why our new season is going to be better. We, that's what, kids, it's gonna be better. We're gonna kids have... that's why we got we to go get some cigarettes. <laughs> We're definitely this, coming this back. This will have happened next time. Uh, but uh, what I do know is Kirby's Adventure, it does seem like it introduces a lot of iconic 
aspects of the game. Especially like, the power. To the, yeah, obviously the biggest one is yeah. Kirby like sucks up people and gains their power. That's like what people think about when I think they think of Kirby. And that's introduced in the second game, not the first. And more importantly, Kirby's now pink. Yep. He's now pink. He used to be black and white. And now he's he's a pink little Kirby. Because he was on the Game Boy and it was monochrome. So we didn't know he was pink. Yep. Um, He probably doesn't even say Poyo yet. Poyo. Poyo. Is it weird that the opening to the Smash Brothers Ultimate where Kirby escapes the Armageddon alone and he's just like this, he just barely makes it. He falls off his star. Is it weird that I get kind of choked up at that? <laughs> no, dude, that seems awesome. That, that, it's it's so dope. Dude, honestly, I have to say the Smash Bros, just all the videos they made, the, the Sephiroth announcement video where it's that same scene, but it We've starts- We've talked about that, yeah. <laughs> Fucking kills Mario. That, the master hand comes out. It's like, it's that same scene that the like evil people come and it's just the hands come out and then suddenly everyone's sliced in half. And Sephiroth yes. has single-handedly killed every, <laughs> every yes. single one of the, uh, of the, of the oh, villains. Oh, and my God. Sephiroth's song starts playing. That's fucking awesome. Those, those videos were so good. And Kirby's Adventure, probably pretty fun. I, 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 I finished this game. It's fantastic. One thing I didn't really know is, I mean, it makes sense. Premisely, they're like, all right, Kirby eats. Kirby's hungry. So that's like a, like, that's essential. I didn't realize it was so central in the premise because, like, every level and world is very much a food-themed. Yeah. It's like Vegetable Valley- ice cream island butter building i didn't realize how far they took the whole kirby likes to eat idea they 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 i didn't realize they themed the whole game around eating this game is top tier yeah like it's which also for the record i love it i love it when there's like a single idea that that's kind of like spitting out all the ideas i like i like that there's an engine this is not a hard game i should clarify well yeah it's kirby uh it's it's extremely cute it looks great it's Maybe the best looking NES game, I would argue. Mm. Great animation that does a lot of like fun little tricks to make things appear 3D and stuff. Ooh. Uh, I mean, for the NES especially, that, that's amazing. It's a big deal. Like, yeah. it, it's definitely like late. You know, it's one of those games where it's like, you're getting this late. It's like, say, Densetsu 3 or Final Fantasy 3, where it's just like, this game looks astounding because they know how to use the system. Yeah. And I feel like I've mentioned that before, but I feel like. Uh, sometimes we like to pretend that all NES games are like this. No, <laughs> but they weren't. Uh, no, this is. Th- yeah, I mean, this could be a Super Nintendo game. That's yeah. That's when I played Mega Man three or no four. Sorry, Mega Man four for this podcast. I remember playing and being like, "Holy shit, this is truly next level." Like compared to the early ones, it's it, it feels like a generational gap. You ready to talk about a, another next level game? <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Uh, finally, we're here. It's the Incredible Crash Test Dummies. The Incredible Crash Dummies. I think I feel like we've talked about this before. We talked about the Game Boy game. Oh, uh, but this, this is the finally NES on game. the NES. Thank God. <sighs> All right. All right. A lot of bangers now. Uh, oh, don't don't talk shit about Turrican. Super tur- Turrican. The Turrican games Rage are not as the machine. they're not as well known here. Yeah, but Zach Delarocca programmed. <laughs> uh, no, the Turrican games are a big deal in like the UK and Europe. I guess these okay. shooters. Um, they're well regarded. We didn't really. They're not as well known here, but it's oh, I see. It says Rage Against the Machine in the thing. That's why you were calling it out. Yeah, yeah. I guess the band existed back then, so maybe is they that, were. Is that are they that old little band? Oh my god, are you kidding? I did not know that. Yeah, I thought they were a newer band. Man, they really stayed relevant. It's because they're so fucking angry and the machine is still an asshole. <laughs> That's why. Good good for them. Formed in 1991. 
Whoa. I didn't, I did not, I did not know. That's a fun little fact for Brett. Uh, I found a video of one of their really, really early concerts where it's just like them in a clothing store or something kind of like with echo park rising where it's just like some venue, like a record store. Ah. And they're like, they're, they're kids and they're like freaking out and the audience doesn't know what to make of them yet. Yeah. It's like, give it a couple years. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. The Turrican game I've played the most is a SNES game. So it makes me wonder how, how crazy is this? Because like the Turrican games, just walls of bullets. Like your your guy shoots a wall of bullets. You are the bullet hell. Mm. It's good. It's good stuff. I'm in for that. I'm down. Oh, now we're talking. Done, done, done. Hell yeah. You, you know what I'm down for? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Pull contact. Uh, go, go back to the early 90s and uh, win some jet skis from Kawasaki in this, uh, in this contest. This is very much. Uh, we've had a few of these before, but this seems like the contest that's going to make the data static. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's not for the kid. It's like the golf yeah. cart one. Yeah, it's, it's like the golf cart one. Yeah. I feel like a kid would be happier about getting a jet ski. Yeah, but like, do you have to be like at least 16 to ride a jet ski? Yeah, that, that seems very, because you can kill yourself on a jet ski. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- these are, hey, jet skis are fun. You can get uh, pink and blue windbreakers from Ooh. Kawasaki. Yeah, this is the most 90s thing I've seen in forever. <laughs> like, it's. Have like, you ever ridden a jet ski before? Oh, yeah. I've never had. Is it fun? Um. God, it's been a long time. My understanding is it's fun. I remember it being fun. <laughs> it's like how I feel about Link's Awakening. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that you don't get to do that you feel like you need to is launch off of ramps. The, <laughs> you know, one thing we should do for these future episodes is on top of playing a game, we should both have ridden jet skis for this episode. That's a great idea. Hey, hey, kid, uh, <laughs> your dads are going to go ride some jet ski. <laughs> That's our, it's our for big, your own good. Our big new ad is just every, regardless of what the contest is, we just ride jet skis before the before the podcast. That sounds incredible, man! Such a good decision. What us leaving? <laughs> <laughs> top twenty. Uh, uh, hey, it's top twenty. You know, it's the same. It's the same games. It's in fact, it's kind of very similar to the Nesters, the win winners of the Nesteries. It really is, yeah. Uh, Top three Super NES games are The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Mario Kart, and Street Fighter 2 at number one. I'll take it. Uh, Game Boy, Kirby's Dream Land. Hell yeah. Super Mario Land, fine. Super Mario Land 2, okay. Cool. And I guess uh, NES is actually, Mega Man 4 won all the nesters, but uh, it's not in the top three. It's in, it's in only four, unfortunately. But number three, Tecmo Super Bowl 2, Super Mario Bros. 3, 1, Legend of Zelda. There you y- go. Y- yeah. I'm, I'm curious on like what the metrics, like how... Because, like, new games aren't really coming out for the NES. So, like, what, what made The Legend of Zelda suddenly become popular again? I don't know. But I'm, I'm just curious. This is, de- I mean, Metroid is in the top 10. It's yeah. number seven. I, I think we're at the point here where it's, like, kind of just settled out where everybody knows who the best ones are. Yeah. And also, Legend of Zelda is, like, freakishly popular. That franchise is, I mean, it's. Like, like as, as a video game person, I always remember I loved Metroid. I love Super Mario Brothers. I love Zelda. But, like. We've talked about this before. It's not a contest. Zelda is many times more popular than Metroid. Like than Metroid, or, yeah. Orders of magnitude. Maybe not Mario, though. Yeah, that one's a little tougher. It's a little closer. I think Zelda's still bigger than Mario, though. Mm, I mean, Mar- Mario has a racing game that's bigger than Zelda. Uh, uh, is, it, is that true? <laughs> Mario Kart, I believe, 8 Deluxe is the best-selling Switch game. Oh, but like... And that's a remake of... That's a re-release game. 
Mario Kart, I believe in the Wii was the best-selling Wii game. Oh, yeah. Looks like Mario's up there with 826 million sales. But that includes but that, that, all of Mario yeah, Kart, that's not, Mario Party, Not Mario necessarily Sports. fair. Because yeah, that's true. all Link has going for it on like weird bonuses is Link's crossbow training on the Wii. Oh, here we go. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you you actually totally nailed this because it does look like Mario Kart has outsold. Where is Zelda? Yeah, I think Mario Kart alone has probably outsold Zelda. Legend of Zelda is, yeah, Mario Kart's at 173 million units across the franchise. Zelda is at 139 million. So you got me. But I do have to say Mario Kart games are good. Mario Kart 8, I think it's one of the best one of the best driving games ever. Well, I hope the uh, Switch Pro comes out soon because I don't have a Switch anymore. Ah, shit. Womp womp. R.I.P. Actually, I mean, we're on the Super Nintendo. The Mario Kart, there's a new track that's uh, Mario Yoshi's Island thing. It's it's Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. It's like a level that's based around that level, that game. You're like, I, I want to play that. You're, you're driving through Yoshi's Island and they're playing like old Yoshi's Island music. And it's like, it's like that, that weird art style. It's super cool. We should take advantage of uh, living in LA and go to Universal Studios to Super Mario World. Yeah, dude. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Super Nintendo World. Is that the actual yeah, name of it? Nintendo World. But for yeah. some reason, but there's only Mario stuff in it. I want to get a burger that looks like a question block. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, that's, that's, that's the dream. Uh, now playing R.I.P. George and Rob. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, guys. I didn't really. I mean, no. I mean, it's, it's not, not really anything going. Losing on here. George and Rob didn't make this section better. Yeah, you're not lying. Okay, pack watch. Move on. You don't want to talk about Alien Three, Final Fight Two. Nope. Run Saber is in uh, here. The, 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 we're watching them. They'll, they'll they'll pop up. We'll 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 talk about them later. Run Saber is real good. I'm excited about that. All right, cool. It's all preview bullshit. Let's get out of here. Yeah, all right, we're done. Well, you know, you know what, uh, uh, back in terms of us like honing and, you know, trying to do these like more crafted seasons. Hell uh, yeah. Let's do one final round of the out, the, the, the rating system. Let's, let's give, let's, let's rate. What's been our favorite rate, rate things we've rated? Oh, that, like, yeah, that's maybe that's, send this segment off into yeah, this put is it on a boat and push it off into the ocean with, without Howard and Nestor. Uh, we're it, it's really been tough to stay consistent with this one. <laughs> yeah, what's what's a good do you think rating? What's rating our favorite things that we've, we've rated? I'm trying to remember, didn't we? I, I enjoyed rating, didn't we rate elementary school, middle school, and high that, school? Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. That would be uh. <laughs> That would be one of my favorite ones. Probably that, and then just Howard and Nestor, the the OG. Yeah, would be my two standouts. Uh, didn't we? Okay, so there is a since since you did the schools, uh, I'll like uh, let's rate the what's the structure for this? Can I just say one I liked? Yeah, is that yeah. What I'm doing? Okay, yeah, cool. Say, say one you liked. So there was a sub Howard and Nestor one where we talked about the greatest sidekick characters to show up in Howard and Nestor, and it included volleyball hunks <laughs> and Bill and Lance, the Contra guys. And I just, I thought that was so amazing. Okay. Like, so yeah. A uh, voyeur Superman reverse voyeur Superman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love that one. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to rate Raiden Howard and Nestor. I'm gonna rate that a nine. I think that was like I feel like Howard Nestor was one of our f- first things we like globbed onto as like a fun thing to talk about. They they were crazy back then. Uh, back in the day. I miss it. I miss I miss that I miss that world. So I'm gonna give that a nine. Middle school, whatever. Give that a nine. I, that, was, that was a real fun R- time. rating the different schools. Sidekicks. 
I'll give I'll give a seven. Okay, great. Oh man, there is one other thing we could we could throw in here. We'll do four just for kicks. Okay, yeah. That is when we used to flip a, a three sided coin to determine what was true in the in different the, in the, in the hard nester universe. Yeah. What, I, I would, what would you rate that? I give that a ten. That's, yeah, that's that's, that's that's just fun stuff. All right, let's see. I'm gonna say rating Howard and Nestor was a solid eight for me. I think that was almost always good when they were both there. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. the Duck comic. Uh, apparently, the best Howard and Nestor comic of the run. Yeah. Maybe I think we'll so. we'll do a little feature about the Duck comic in the new season. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, elementary, middle, high school is pretty funny. I'll yeah. give that a seven. And then, uh, yeah, sidekicks. I uh, give that a seven for the hunks exclusively for That's the hunks. The hunks are great. Uh, and then, yeah, like, uh, easy 10 rating the, uh, like flipping a three-sided coin. Flipping a coin's fun every time. All right. Uh, well, that's, that's it for the, for, uh, the old season. Prepare to hate all these original episodes because the new ones are going to be so much, so much better. Yeah, that's right. Your dads are, uh, you're going to have a great birthday party when your dads get back from that cigarette trip. <laughs> get ready. Prep yourself. Yeah. You, uh, you're going to have a... You, it's going to be so much fun. You're going to be like, how, how is this even possible? It, this was a four-star podcast. Now it's a five. It's going to be a five-star when we come back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely five-star when we come back. That's <laughs> currently not. <laughs> And now you're playing with the Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>